Hello, friend. Thank you so much for tuning in. So, one of my earliest episodes on this podcast was about choosing the friends who choose you. That has since become one of my mottos for friendship. And it's just really empowered me to choose people back. Um... And my friendships are so much richer and so much better because of it. And I can't believe I didn't realize it sooner, but here we are. So today I'm going to build on that that thought. And I want to talk about exclusivity. Now, the definition of exclusive, there's seven different definitions in my dictionary, but I'm going to emphasize two. The first is not divided or shared with others. And then the second is admitting only certain people to membership, participation, or the like. So, now that we've got our definition out there, I'm not meaning exclusive about who you don't include. I'm talking about exclusivity about that inner circle that you choose, that you invest in, and you go deep with. My struggle with social media has long been there's there's so many people and 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 <laughs> okay I need to live I need to give you a bit of background on myself. I was homeschooled. Uh my family didn't socialize very much. We're all introverts. Um I did not fit in at church or homeschool group much less ballet. So that tells you, actually ballet was where I fit in the best. So that tells you kind of how different we were as a family. So with that background, my focus has always been on building very, very deep friendships because the few that I had, we went deep. I had one close friend growing up and I had my second close friends around the time I turned uh, 19, really. 19. So, and then it was when I moved to Florida that I really experienced in-person community the way it's meant to be experienced. It, it took me a lot of learning curve to know how to build that and invest in it. So, with that background, my focus in friendships is about going deep and really knowing people, knowing their story, what they're struggling with, and having that a very deep level of intimacy. And I don't mean intimacy about physical and marriage. I'm talking about intimacy in vulnerability and being your true, authentic person, um, good, bad, and the ugly, and, and not being afraid to voice, I'm struggling with this and it sucks. And the Holy Spirit convicted me of this and I can't believe I've been doing this for however many... That sort of thing. So... The, the the life the life example that really got me thinking about this principle of exclusivity is one of my very good friends had a Bible study. And this Bible study, it was either three or four girls. I don't remember, but I, it might have been just her and three girls. Because um, I remember the number four. So they met every week. They went deep. And... There was one time where they invited one other girl and they're sitting there and they're sharing and my friend noticed that the other girls weren't able to be as vulnerable as they had before because the new girl was there and 
she wasn't on the same page with everyone else. And my friend wisely made the courageous decision to ask that dear sweet girl to leave. And she was so disappointed and sad, but she said, you know what? Yes, but you have your own Bible study and, you know, you know that that's where you're supposed to be. And this doesn't change the fact that I'm friends with you and we're all friends with you. But this, this small little group of the four of us needs to be exclusive. And I don't know if that's the wording she used, but she was very gracious about it. She's a very gracious person. And that example of exclusivity has really... It's burned in my mind. She told me that story years ago, like like two or three years ago, and that story has still burned in my mind about you know, if we just if we include everyone, then how deep can we go with anyone? We can't. And I've I felt that same principle in Bible studies where a really good Bible study just gained more and more members and the vulnerability, every time someone new would come in, the vulnerability would would become more and more shallow. And that's nothing against the, the people that came in. They were lovely people, but it's really gotten me thinking about how can I foster this exclusivity in my own life? Um, and so one of the first things I've done is I have... First of all, I've been very picky about the people I've followed on Twitter for that very reason. Um, and I've recently opened that up to follow more people because I I need to show people that I do choose them. But at the same time, I mean, I'm following about 120 people right now. And I have started to miss tweets from my husband. Now, <laughs> that... That just doesn't work for me. He's my husband. I want to read every single tweet. So I have started a private short list. Um, and there's about 35 names on there. And um, I'm reading that every day. And there's two things that does. One is it takes out the, adver- the advertisements in the Twitter algorithm. So that is much simpler number one. And then number two, I don't miss anything. Like the Twitter algorithm tries, but there's still stuff that slips under the radar. I'm like, wait a minute. I didn't see that tweet. And it was posted like two days ago. And I know I was on my Twitter the last two days. How did I miss that tweet? So this is especially true when I've got close friends who are quiet And they really have to be listened to in order to maintain the friendship, the quality of friendship that I want with them. So that's the first thing I've done. And the second thing I've done is I've made that list private. Because just like my friend had to ask the girl to leave, um, and that was painful for her. If someone else is, you know, friends with someone on my private list and they see that they're on the list but they're not, then there's a feeling of rejection, of not being chosen. And I, I'm going to tangent a little bit, but hang on. So when I put myself out there and I'm 
trying to become friends with someone on Twitter, I'm like, oh, you know, you've got some interesting ideas and, um, um, you know, you've been through something that I've been through and here, let me comment and share with you, you know, how my life experience pertains to like what you've been through and try to give you advice and encouragement. And if I don't receive any reciprocation or even a like on that comment, then I feel rejected. And so, um, but I'm not going to stop doing that because I am a giving person and that's how I'm made. And if I get tired, I'm just going to take a break from social media, you know, for a day or a couple of hours and then come back. Rejection in any form never becomes more comfortable. Never. And it doesn't really matter how many people choose me. If I have one person ignore me, I start to become competitive about it and like, you know, I'll reach out more to earn their approval and to catch, I've, I've learned to catch myself from doing that and go to God and remind myself that God chooses me and it's not a competition about what ranking I have in someone else's social circle. Like that's, that's that's very personal, that's very private, and um, one of the great challenges of social media is that social media, by default, tends to advertise who our closest friends are, and I think in regular life, that information would not be as public, and so that can also give feelings of, well, she didn't include me in her rundown checklist, so does she appreciate me as a friend? And and it's, on, on one hand, you want to affirm the people who you care about most, and to do it publicly is very, very kind and generous, and it, it, it points them out to others as being like, hey, this is someone who, you know, might be a good friend to you. But on the other hand, it Anyone who was not included is often can come away with a feeling of, well, does my friendship count? Or, or um, I think friendship is a skill, and some are better than others, and some people get along with other people better than others because of um, types of humor, you know, sarcasm and memes are. are are not my first method of of humor, but my cousin and I don't get sarcasm from other people, but she and I can be sarcastic together. So it it really depends on your perspective and where you're coming from and and you know what kind of activities do you have in common. So there's so many facets to it that I, I think more friendships should be private. Um yeah. There's just there's just so many layers to it. <laughs> so I've talked about how and why we should choose exclusive friendships, but I want to talk a little bit more about the benefits of exclusivity. And not just with between two people, but between a small group of people. So in the example I gave, my friend's small group of four girls, they were able to 
you know, just bare their souls with each other. And because they did that between the four of them, at any time, if one girl's struggling, and they have a gr- let's say they have a group text going, I don't know if they do or not, this is speculation on my part, but let's say one of them sends the group text, and let's say one of them is sleeping, and the other one is sick or doing homework, but there's one girl who's still up, and she can reply and be the support system. And so because there's four people, and not just two, those friendships are even stronger because you don't, it's not like a, 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 a two-person friendship where you have to take turns and you, you seesaw either one person's doing well or the other person's doing poorly, or if you're both, like, depressed and tired, which which does happen, like you can't even keep up at all. But if there's four people, then that means that nine times out of ten, one person is going to be strong enough to encourage the others. And then, you know, a week later, that person might be having finals and it'll be somebody else who's able to encourage them. Like, I've attended a lot of different churches And I've never had a Bible study like that. I've heard of them, though. And where a few couples meet regularly for years and they have this depth to them. And I know with my long-term friendships, there is such a blessing when, like, my longest-running best friend knows about my awkward crush from when I was 17 And we have that history. And I'm not going to tell that story to anybody now because it's not relevant. I mean, I'm probably going to talk about it on this podcast because it's a relevant topic for somebody else. But I'm not going to bring that up and voice that in conversation. But she and I have the privilege of knowing each other's backstory. So we have, we can make those high context references. And it's a beautiful thing when... Friendships care deeply about each other, but the more you know someone else's history, the more specific you're able to encourage them. The more specifically you're able to encourage them. Does that make sense? Are you following me? Uh, Please feel free to call in via the Anchor app. I'd love to hear your feedback or hit me up on Twitter at InverseDream. So... I've attended a lot of different churches and I've had Bible study groups where, you know, we'd meet in big rooms and then we pair off into like a group of eight or ten and there was just this discomfort or we had that really good group that I mentioned initially, but we kept on adding members and it swelled to like 15 members and then, you know, we kept on becoming more and more shallow. Um... Not out of intention, the individual friendships were still deep, but there wasn't that exclusivity within the group. And um, one of the churches that is in my area, my my parents-in-law attend, they recently reorganized their small groups to be based on topic, to be based on men's, women's, and couples, I think. I don't remember exactly. Um, And it was a pretty big shift for that church culture. 
But one of the observations that I heard come out of it was, if you have a small group of people play tennis every single week for years, they will have that depth of friendship and that exclusivity. And that can be just as meaningful, you know, if they're Christians and they're being vulnerable about the, their life and their walk with Christ, that, that tennis club can be just as meaningful as a Bible study. And I have experienced that phenomenon when I serve with the video team um, at my at my previous church in Fort Lauderdale. Like that, the mentorship I got there changed my life. Absolutely changed my life. Um, and and I was just volunteering and helping adjust the white balance. Um. But those were my people that I had in common and and they spoke things into my life that I are foundational to who I am today. So I say all this because one, number one, friendship is a skill. And number two, I think we all can do it a heck of a lot better. And number three, heaven is going to be so good, y'all. Because do you realize that all of us, in the light of trust and the goodness of the Savior, Jesus Christ, we are going to have complete vulnerability with each other. And we're, there's, gonna, there's not going to be any facades. None of us are going to fall into the trap of jealousy. It's going to be so good, y'all. And, and the party never stops. Ain't no party like a Jesus Christ party because a Jesus Christ party don't stop. Ain't no party like a Jesus Christ party like because a, a Jesus Christ Christ party don't stop. Yeah, I can't talk, and I'm gonna spare you from saying that again. But five year old like psyched up me over here can totally like keep going on that on loop in a vine forever. I just want you to know that. So, um, so this is kind of my gauntlet of challenge to myself and, um. And to others, you know, like, how can we make the friendships we have deeper and be exclusive about them? And, and, yeah, yeah, we need to take action on this. I need to. So I'm, I'm trying. Here we are. Here we are. But social media, social media is about advertising and they're there to earn money, to pay for their servers, their employees, and walk away with a profit. They're not there to facilitate relationships. If they were, the menus and the options and the algorithms would be completely different. I'm telling you. So, our friendships have to be based on who do we care about and what's the best way to keep up with them. My name is Meg. I love my Jesus, and I believe in living inside out. Now it's your turn. Go live it.